You're listening to Super Manager, the podcast for people who manage people and business with ideas, trends, and expert interviews to help you be a super manager. So this week's topic is going to be on presenteeism, and I have got my team of super friends with me today. We have... Vicki Wars, Wars Consulting. Joel Emery with Ignite Strategies. I serve as a sales systems architect for small and mid-sized businesses. Kim Baker with Vivid Performance Groups, and I help organizations to align and synergize their human capital, culture, and change agility. I'm Maggie Peterson with C6 Solutions. I work with human resource organizations on copy and content marketing. Oh, and I'm Samantha Nays with CN Video. We do corporate video production. So it seems when you take a look at the literature and what's being talked about this, there seems to be a pretty clear line between engagement and presenteeism. Presenteeism being defined as working when one is ill or doesn't feel well. Okay. So it's people showing up to work when they're sick or they don't feel well. So maybe I don't have something contagious, but maybe I didn't sleep well last night. Maybe I was up with a sick child. Maybe the dog got me up three times. Right. I don't feel well, but I show up to work. Right. So the question is why? You know, is it the environment? Is it the type of work you do? I think this will probably continue because the way our work is delivered is changing. So when I entered the workforce, we were much more solo and siloed. Now so much of our work is done in networks and teams, and we so depend upon each other. If I can't come into work today, what impact is there to my colleagues? I needed to finish this report to hand it off to somebody else who's got to do something and hand it off to somebody else. So because of this, we depend upon each other so much more than we did in the past. And that will only increase. So I think we're going to probably see presenteeism continue to increase as we're more networked. I think one thing, one area where we do have an advantage in being able to address it, though, is technology and work Mm -hmm. from home. I remember when I entered the workforce, computers and being able to work from home over computers, (laughs) uh uh-uh, didn't happen. Emails, no. People weren't connected (laughs) through email, Facebook. What was it? MySpace, I think, was the first social media, and that didn't exist when I entered the workforce. And yet it's all available now, and it's ways that people can work now. So if you do have that day when you're really not up to par, I mean, I do suffer from migraines. And I remember times when I would be able to stay home, take care of the headache in the morning, and then work as I was able to later in the afternoon, still getting Mm -hmm. work done, being able to take care of what I needed to do. So I think computers and technology are an awesome advantage. I think we're slowly retiring, let's put it that way those that had the idea of, well, if you work from home, I don't know that you're working. (laughs) I think the whole work from home thing has really changed because there was a phase there where everybody wanted to work from home. I'm finding now, and I think we had a conversation about this in another podcast episode about remote teams, Mm -hmm. where now it's the trend not to work from home. Like a lot of companies used to offer that as a benefit. Now you have people that are like, I want to be engaged with the team. I Mm -hmm. want to be present in the office. So... I guess we're talking about kind of an in-between where you need to be able to work from home when you're sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought presenteeism had more to do with emotional wellness than physical wellness. Mm -hmm. Both of them, but it's it's about illness. When when you look at the academic research, it is about illness. It might be mental illness, not just cold, flu-type illness, but academic, it is illness. And some of it's actually so specific, it's looking at certain settings and certain diseases. So it could be like a GI disease or something like that. So could this, I wish we had Jerry here, could this lead to discrimination where somebody has some type of illness that 
could cause a lot of presenteeism. You know what I mean? Where well, they, they then, might be less productive because they're prone to Well, but here, then yeah, what Jerry would say, yeah. okay, with oh, my... Now we're speaking with for my, Jerry. Yeah, I'm, sure my, I'm sure he'd appreciate an yeah. HR person hey, speaking Hey, that. Jerry, you know, okay. <laughs> but anyway, the idea is, is they, by designing the jobs, understanding what's expected of your workforce, and when you're interviewing and you're hiring people, this is the understanding. Mm -hmm. Legally speaking, you have already established the parameters. And the new hire, the new employee, has agreed to that. They understand what the parameters so, are. So do you fire someone for if, not being present? If they're going through something and they're not meeting expectations because they're unable to focus, they're unable to concentrate. I mean, you've got your... Uh, Americans with disabilities. Yeah. No, no, no. I was talking about oh. the the counseling, the um, e uh, e employee, employee assistance yeah. program, and yeah. your your cry rooms, or what was the more pleasant term for that? Your uh, I, a mindfulness room. Mindfulness I, room. Yeah, because I don't know what they actually titled what, it. You like try those things, and if it's not working, then well, so, I, you got to know where to draw the line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a business. This is a profitable mm -hmm. entity. Right. If everybody's in the cry room at one time, <laughs> okay, it, it's it's okay. So. It has to get to why does this entity exist and why am I paying people and giving right. them benefits? Right. And You've got measures and they've got to meet those measures, but I just see this becoming a growing problem. Well, I mean, but it will be the proof. So, uh, you know, talking about the presenteeism, so I'm curious to know in the academic area where mm -hmm. you guys have done some more research, mm -hmm. so thinking about some things with my children for example. So I, I have a child who has repeated migraines and mm. there's only a certain number of days he's allowed to miss from school. Mm. So mm. at some point I have to say, I don't care how sick you are. You need to suck it up and get into the classroom. Uh, because if he doesn't, then very quickly he potentially could not graduate from school. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. that's clearly at a that's point a really at this, four, you know, he's yeah. 15 years old at this point that that's already beginning. And I'm doing it to him. The school is doing it to him. I mean, these are the expectations that are being set. Well, and the workforce is going to do it to him as well when, right. you know, you've right. only got so many yeah. sick days, too. Right. Yeah. But, but also, it's state law. If you're not in school for X number of days a semester, you don't get credit. And why period. is that to so some extent? You, but you bring up a good question. What do you do in a situation like that? Because that's going to carry over to his adult life. And what we're talking about, presenteeism in the office, I'm sure you do have people that have regular migraines or have illnesses that keep them from coming in and you only have so many sick days. So does that make that person not employable? I mean, what? So, no, you're teaching how to manage it. Well, a couple things. So when you look at the illness and presenteeism, it tends to be more chronic illnesses. So unfortunately, migraines, colorectal issues, allergies, things that, so cancer and heart disease and strokes, that tends to take people out of the office that they can't work. So yeah, how do you manage these chronic things? The law says that an employer has to make some sort of reasonable accommodation, mm -hmm. right? But at the end of the day, when you can't do your job, when you can't fulfill right. that requirement, yeah, then the employer has that ability. Migraines are tough because you can't work. Some of the other stuff, so I knew, had a friend, and her husband had horrible Crohn's, and he had to work from home, but he could do it, but it was just part of his job. It was understood he worked from home, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, the employer can make a reasonable accommodation. It, yeah. it wasn't an if issue. If he's still meeting the requirements of the right. job, then it's not a right. I think another management strategy is to keep your doctors involved, keep medical yeah. assistants involved, and try and find those triggers 
that you can medically treat to help manage whatever's going on, from the migraines to some of the other issues it, as it, well. It becomes the individual's ability to manage, as well as a company's design of the work. But we have, so we have privacy laws having to do with health-related issues. HIPAA. HIPAA. Mm -hmm. So people then should talk to their supervisor if they're having health-related issues. Well, they don't have to tell them the nitty-gritty. It's up to the employee. And once an employee, however, opens that can of worms, then the employer can talk to them about it once the employee brings it up. In most applications, it does ask, do you have any physical inabilities to do the work? If an employee says, no, I can do the work, then there's an expectation that you will do the work. If they put, well, I do have some limitations, you don't have to give the full reasons, but there are some. But it still opens that door for a discussion. I feel like more often it's just something that happens. You discover at the office that someone is not being productive or something has gone wrong, and then you, okay, what's the problem? And you kind of try to drill down and figure out what's going on here. And then it all boils down to, there's a personal issue at home or there's something going on that's causing the distraction that's keeping the person from being able to be productive or actually being present in what they're doing. It kind of goes back to people noticing the warning signs. Somebody's doing just fine and then all of a sudden they're not. Things are slipping and, mm -hmm. and you kind of look into what's going on and it's this well, presenteeism issue. You've got, and we haven't touched on this other aspect of what happens when you have one person that the company is bending over backwards to try to help, then you have the their co-workers. <laughs> then you have the co-workers that start getting upset. Why? I mean, yeah. enough is enough. I'm having to do part of their work as well as my own. I'm not getting any more money from They're it. spending all their time in uh, the cry room while right. I'm getting their job <laughs> while done. While I'm over here dealing. Now I need the cry room. <laughs> yeah. So it, it requires balance. It right. requires emotional intelligence. It requires understanding, and it all gets back, once again, to job design. It all gets back to building trust when you get to the HIPAA thing you were talking yeah. about as far as discussions. And once again, we need to have professional human resources people that are trained to handle these things. They are actually there as an employee advocate. Joel, was there something you wanted well, to... I, I had a question. You know, so I'm the only male sitting around a table of females. And, you know, What's one, your point, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one question I have. Now, absenteeism, you know, permissiveness on you know, using time off from work, however you want to phrase presenteeism. What role does gender play in what is generally perceived as acceptable for time to miss from work or not and expectations? I mean, I've seen workplaces where, I'm just using an arbitrary example, this isn't necessarily the norm, but that's, so it's an anecdote, but the men are sure expected to show up no matter what's going on, but the women, oh, they're women, they can be sick. Now, I suspect that's not the way it works most of the time, uh, and I, I'm by no means saying that's the norm. I'm no, just sharing I, I've an heard observation. No, I've heard it in, in human resources. Okay. And I'll know? give a personal example. I got really pissed in one job when everyone kept talking about how emotional women were, and it was the men throwing the temper tantrums. <laughs> so, it's yeah. yeah, it's stated, and it's something we've got to deal with, but it's not limited to one gender or the other. Yeah. We've just got to realize it crosses. So, but, but in terms of 
I've I, personally I mean, never felt like anyone was more lenient with me as far as missing work, although I don't have kids. Or, or so. less lenient, uh, yeah, either way. Or I mean, less that, lenient. that was one specific yeah. example I was thinking of. But how does this work? Is there a greater degree of permissiveness for either men or women missing work? So I'm going to throw another factor into it and talk about perfectionism and workaholism. So one of the studies I found, and it gets to gender, it's the only reason I'm bringing it in, yeah. where they found there was a correlation between someone being a perfectionist and then a, a workaholic and then a higher degree of presenteeism. However, they definitely found women were actually less likely, you know, while there definitely was a perfectionism and the, the workaholism, when they compared men to women, uh, women were less likely to engage in presenteeism. So they were more willing to stay home. Could be because gender expectations. The one thing I have seen change, I'm gonna say over the past five years, is more and more men who stay home with sick kids. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you That's know, the it, one thing that it seems to me, now maybe they're working from home, but they're willing to say, I'm staying home. Well, and I was going to bring up earlier maternity leave, yeah. too. You know, now yeah. you have maternity leave for the dad to stay home, in some places, for the dad to stay home and kind of help out. I had a traditionalist client ask me, I, I had to leave their office early to go pick up a sick child one day. He said, now, isn't there a Mrs. Joel who can go take care of that for you? Oh, <laughs> oh. On that note, does anybody have a horror story related to presenteeism or lack thereof? You know, I did work in an office at one point where it was going into November and a flu-like virus started going around. Yeah. And when people would stay home, they were home for three or four days. The vomit, Mm. diarrhea, all of that. Mm. And because people were still going into work when they were sick, yeah. it actually did two rounds through the full staff. <laughs> wow. I don't think there was a single person on the staff no. that did not get hit with it. And it was doing two rounds. Some people were hit a third time. So when you're sick, there's a need to stay home. You know, I know it's rude, but when somebody comes into an office where I'm working and they're sick, I'm like, whoa, hold on, I'm going to go wash my hands. Don't. Did you touch? It's not exactly polite, but... <laughs> I got a whole bunch of laughs because they understood when I walked into a meeting with a big bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, the table a mask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Super Manager by CN Video Production. Visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes and lots of Super Manager resources. Or give us a call at 314-VIDEO-ME.